Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better? than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast i'm joe marino and oh shit oh dear what's better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this saturday edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Wanted to make sure we had five shows for your listening pleasure available this week, so we're making it up for you uh, since we missed on Thursday. Uh, we're going to continue and finalize our up-and-comer series covering the AFC South today, the Colts, Jaguars, Titans, and Texans on the docket. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Uh, I did want to make an acknowledgement that we failed to make uh, because we missed Thursday's show. Uh, Thursday was Fortnite's first birthday, and I just want to wish Fortnite a very happy belated birthday. Oh, okay. What do we do? I mean, I don't, I don't know where we go from there. What do you mean you don't know where we... You've seen me play Fortnite, correct? I have. I've observed you and Chris Schubert play Fortnite. Yeah, I'm a snake in the grass. Like Kevin Durant would love me. Because I'm a total snake in that game. Just kind of slink around in solos. Uh, might get a kill or two. I, I secure the bag and get that top ten finish pretty consistently. But I'm not, I am not a uh, not an all-star Fortnite player by any means. So you're, have you finished, like, you never won? Um, uh, I, it's called? I've won squads, which is a group of four. It's you and a group of three of your friends play against 24 other teams of group of four. So you get 100 okay. players in the same map simultaneously, all groups of four. And uh, I've won in that. I've not won duos, which is 50 groups of two, and I've not won solos. I've finished second several times. But uh, 
As I said, I, I get by on sneakiness, sneakiness, not skill. And uh, as a result, uh, if it comes down to me and somebody else, you're probably going to beat me. Well, uh, best of luck to your well, thank you. continued Fortnite career. I'm, yes. I'm all the best. All thank the best. you. I appreciate that. I, I just want to get that out of the way. I know that's you're totally out of your element right now talking about Fortnite, so I'll let you move on to anything else you may have had for pre-show stuff. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Uh, a lot of times I start this podcast and I don't know what's going to happen in the first, you know, three or four minutes. And, um, usually, usually you inspire something. So, um, I say we get right to the AFC South. Let's go. Let's dig in. I took honors yesterday, Kyle. So I'll, uh, I'll give you. Oh, how very gracious of you. I greatly appreciate that. I'm going to talk about the Indianapolis Colts and, uh, I'm going to talk about, uh, the running back battle that I foresee between Naeem Hines and Marlon Mack. These are consecutive years, fourth-round draft selections for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, although they're kind of cut from the same cloth as though in, in the regard that they're both really creative runners, they've got speed, they've got some agility, they can make a guy miss. Uh, Am I crazy for, for really liking Naeem Hines and thinking that he's going to push Marlon Mack, even though Mack had a year head start? No. That's uh, it's kind of what I'm leaning right now. And um, I, I like the versatility that the, the backs bring. And with Andrew Luck hopefully coming back and being fully healthy and Eric Ebron being a new element in the passing offense to complement T.Y. Hilton, uh, they're going to need the backs, make no mistake, because the rest of the wide receivers room – is uh, pretty underwhelming. They do have Jack Doyle, who is productive tight end, so they got some options in the middle of the field. And they don't have a grinder, Joe, so I'll be interested to see if this kind of becomes like uh, a Detroit situation where their their backs find those tough yards hard to come by. But uh, if that's the case, give me Naeem Hines over Marlon Mack. Um, yeah, I really, I'm excited about Naheem Hines. Uh, I spent a lot of time around NC State last fall, and uh, he's an infectious dude. He's super talented, and he's such a great character guy that I think is going to uh, just be a great addition to, you know, what they're trying to build there in Indianapolis with Chris Ballard and Frank Wright, just, you know, super character, high character guys and uh, need, some, need some building blocks, and I think that he'll be one of them offensively. Kyle, there's a lot to talk about with the Jacksonville Jaguars roster. But uh, when I go and I look at this roster, I think about the guys set to take on prominent roles. I think about Blair Brown, this linebacker from Ohio, fifth-round pick in 2017. I thought he deserved to be drafted much higher than that. And he's got the first crack here at uh, replacing Paul Puzlesny, who, you know, look, say what you want about him, but he had a long-ass career in the NFL and and, uh, really just kind of a solid player. And, um, you know, he's a veteran that was really important there to – you know, with some younger guys around him like Telvin Smith, like Miles Jack. But uh, now it's it's Smith and Jack are the veterans, and, and Brown is coming in and uh, has a chance here to, to claim that spot there in the middle. And I like him a lot. I think he's got a lot of ability to play forward into the line of scrimmage. He's not super rangy, but he can get outside the tackles and make plays. Thought he showed good processing skills from his college tape. And so, um, you know, I, I'm not sure he's going to stay on the field in, in nickel packages all the time because you have such great coverage backers in Jack and, uh, and Telvin Smith. But Blair Brown, you know, this is the year for him to, to claim that middle backer role. And, you know, I think he has the talent to step in and do a nice job. Yeah, so if I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, 
Joe, I want to read four names to you, and I want you to tell me uh, if this would be the worst starting defensive line in the NFL, okay? Dante Fowler, Marcel Darius, Taven Bryan, and Dewan Smoot. No, absolutely wouldn't. And that is the backups in Jacksonville. (laughs) It's just stupid how much defensive talent this team has. They're loaded up front. The front eight, I'll call them the front eight, because you can go too deep and you can feel good about those guys. I know Fowler, I believe Fowler was just handed down a a suspension, a one-game suspension. But uh, the the depth along the defensive line for Jacksonville is just going to make this team an absolute terror to deal with. They've got rangy, athletic, explosive linebackers across the board. Telvin Smith, Blair Brown, Miles Jack, all young players, all coming through the draft process in 2014 or later. And then obviously in the secondary, they got locked down corners and uh, uh, Sean Gibson, Barry Church, and, and Ronnie Harrison is the lead safety group. So, Really, really exciting time in Jacksonville. But, Joe, I want to go back to the Indianapolis Colts if we're talking about defensive players. This is an interesting group of defensive ends. They they brought over Jabal Sheard, and I like him. They have Marcus Hunt, who's been a bust since he came into Cincinnati. But I'm interested in the talent that they've acquired in the past two years at defensive end with Kamoko Ture and Tyquan Lewis both being second-round picks last year, and Terrell Basham being a third-round pick in 2017, who I thought was a really high upside guy. So I think Tyquan Lewis is a fairly safe player. Uh, we talked yesterday about valuation of players and how you can't ding teams too hard, and it seemed like Tyquan Lewis, they really wanted uh, kind of a, a, a safe, set-the-edge-against-the-run type of end with the selection of him when they went out and got him. But Kamoko Ture and Terrell Basham, those two guys, I'm really hoping to see them develop with the Colts because those are pretty dynamic athletes. They're they're both really lean, uh, twitchy pass rushers off the edge. They have a fair amount of bend, both of them. Unlike Tyquan Lewis, who is much more of your base end, kind of like Sheard is. And uh, I, I really want to see what that snap progression looks like for Basham from year one to year two. And I want to see how frequently Kamoko Ture, who had health issues throughout his entire career at Rutgers, I want to see what his first year looks like. Yeah, a lot of uh, interesting guys there. And then Quincy Wilson, also at cornerback, yeah. probably getting a really big opportunity to be one of the starters on the boundary there as well. Uh, Kyle, I want to talk about a different cornerback in this division. That's Tennessee Titans' first-round pick from 2017, Adoree Jackson, who uh, he he got a chance to, to play right away. He's a 16-game starter last year, but he, his, he struggled a little bit out of the gate, but then just got better and better as the season went on. And so now they've got Malcolm Butler playing a, 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 on the other side of him and uh, really get excited about, the potential of that duo has in Mike Vrabel's uh, defense here. And so Jackson's a pretty dynamic player. If you remember him at USD, he did a lot of things in the return game. He made some big-time plays on the ball. He even contributed on offense. And he's got – he just has a dynamic skill set that I think is really going to serve himself well uh, in year two as, as we saw the growth. Like, you just love to see that growth. And now he's got a full off season behind his belt. He's not you know going through the draft process anymore, just, just focusing on football – and I think he's got a really bright future here in this scheme. I mean, heck, you can forget, with all due respect to Adore Jackson, let's talk about Kevin Byard if we're talking Titans secondary. Eight picks last year 
as a third round pick in 2016. That's a hell of a season, Joe. And uh, we're going to find out real quick, is Kevin Byard for real? Uh, he had a solid rookie season in 2016, but he didn't have anywhere near the caliber of the season that he had last year with eight interceptions and 87 combined tackles. Uh, really, really impressive player. So if I'm looking at the Titans secondary, yeah, Dory Jackson and his continued development is going to be big. Uh, but they've got several other corners there that I feel good about with Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler and Dory and that, that trio there uh, you feel positive about with them going forward. But Kevin Byard is the free safety. My goodness, really looking forward to seeing if he's able to make, even if he, he doesn't have to touch eight interceptions again, right? Like you just have to come out and you have to play to the same caliber and have the same nose for the football. Even if you don't convert those plays into turnovers, that would be a huge win for Kevin Byard and a huge win for the Tennessee Titans. But Joe, if I'm looking at this team, I'm interested in, in a couple of the skill players that they have, most prominently wide receivers Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor, who were day one and day two picks in 2017. I'm interested in Janu Smith, who we could peg potentially as the heir to Delaney Walker, who's getting a little long in the tooth. And is this the year we finally see the Derrick Henry breakout season? I don't know. He's one of those guys that got tabbed with the stereotypical best shape of his life tag in training camp. Uh, people talking about how good Derrick Henry looks physically. And that's promising, but we want to see it because you know, with a new offensive coordinator here in Matt LaFleur, uh, there's going to be some big philosophical changes with the way the Titans play offense. And that's huge because they need it. They played... I think 21% of their snaps, Michael Kiss put this out on Twitter last week, 21% of their snaps, they played with less than two wide receivers on the field last year. Kyle, let's uh, talk about this Houston Texans team, and I want to look at the defense. And there's a super underrated dude playing defensive tackle, nose tackle for them, this 3-4 defense. That's a former Clemson player, fifth-round pick, DJ Reader. He is a stout son of a bitch, and uh, – He's not just a guy that just like, you know, is just holds his ground and, and anchors in the middle. He actually gets into the backfield a little bit, resets the line of scrimmage, and can make some plays. Man, uh, that dude has a big time motor. I love watching him play. And you think about him in this front seven that features, you know, Jadavion Clowney and J.J. Watt, Bernardrick McKinney, Zach Cunningham, Whitney Merciless. There is just so much talent in this group, but uh, Reader is really an important play piece to take on those blocks, occupy space, but then he comes with that playmaking upside as well, and so he's entering year three right now, and I think that he's a pretty valuable player that probably doesn't get enough love. Uh, I mentioned Cunningham. He's he's in year two. He played really well as a, as a rookie, and I think he's going to continue to get better and better as a, you know, as a compliment there to Bernardrick McKinney, who's kind of your downhill thumper playing in the line of scrimmage where Cunningham can win in space and do some things in coverage. But then you look in the back end, like, I think Justin Reed has a chance to be one of the starting safeties for this team um, opposite of Tyron Mathow. And uh, Reed's a guy that I loved coming out of Stanford. I had a first-round grade on him. He wound up going in the third round to Houston. And um, Reed's a guy that I just, you know, when I go back to the tape at Stanford, whether it was man coverage, deep zones, uh, playing towards the line of scrimmage, he just did everything and did everything well, and, and really he made a lot of plays. I thought he was a really assignment-sound player, always in position, had good processing skills, good tackler. 
you know, I, good athleticism, physical. Like, I, I, he checks all the boxes for me. And so, you know, look, he's a third-round pick. And, and I think that, you know, the Texans, they didn't have their top pick this year because they, they traded that to move up and get Deshaun Watson. But they could get first-round production right away, I think, in Justin Reed. Call that a hot take, but I like him. No, I'll tell you what. I really love what the Texans did despite not having a pick until the third round. They had yes. three third-round picks and, and took Martinez Rankin, Jordan Aikens, and Justin Reed. Rankin, for me, I still like him more inside. He's currently listed as the backup at, at left tackle. I'm a little apprehensive of playing a Rankin at tackle. But Jordan Aikens was a raw but very athletic uh, tight end prospect, a seam buster. And then Justin Reed, who was a terrific player. And, and Joe, uh, his pathway to being a starter is not difficult. Unfortunately, Andre Howe was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma this summer. So, I mean, you're really looking at Justin Reed. Uh, that's there. You know, Andre obviously needs to take care of his health first and foremost. And, you know, I'm sure we speak for everyone saying we're looking forward to seeing him back on the field. But, like, Andre's got bigger fish to fry right now. He's got to take care of this 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 disease and beat this battle that he's facing personally. So uh, we wish him well in doing so. And in the meantime, Justin Reed, that he's the next guy up on the death chart. And when I look at this entire Houston defense in general, Joe, you talked about DJ Reader. They've got some big guys up front with some penetration skills in the, the two and three deep, really, where... Uh, Christian Covington, who was a, a day three pick in 2015 out of Rice, and Carlos Watkins, another Clemson player, Darius Kilgo, who was a nose tackle out of Maryland that showed some dancing bear qualities. Uh, they got some depth up front. They got some depth at pass rush, and I think they did a nice job. They have Whitney Merciless and Jadavion Clowney, but they got two day three guys, Duke Ejiofor and Peter Columbay, who I think can make that roster and provide some solid depth uh, as as far as being three, four stand-up pass rushers. Uh, Colin Bay had some experience with that at Stanford. Edge of four, uh, he's going to be more effective with his hand in the dirt. But uh, as far as you know, this Houston front, it gives them some, some depth and variety because obviously Clowney spent time with his hand in the dirt and uh, Merciless certainly has the ability to rush from three and two-point stances alike. So uh, this team has depth. This team is really a wild card with, with Deshaun Watson coming back from the ACL tear. Can this offensive line keep him somewhat clean? Because if the answer is yes, uh, Joe, this team can win some football games. And I think that's a point that you were alluding to on yesterday's show, talking about the playoff prospects of the AFC South. Yeah, so that's one of my hot takes this year is that I think that the AFC South has a really good shot at, at putting three teams in the postseason. Um, you, know, you look at Jacksonville, kind of think they're the favorites to win the division. But then Houston and Tennessee, you know, both of those teams really exciting in terms of their mix of young talent and veterans and uh, exciting young quarterbacks and Mariota and Watson. And, um, yeah, just you know, you look at the rest of the AFC and there's not a whole – there's not a whole lot to get excited about in terms of, you know, just surefire teams that you're going to think you're going to make the playoffs outside of, you know, New England, Pittsburgh. Uh, you think the Chargers out west. But then the rest of it seems pretty wide open, and, and I don't see any reason why we couldn't see three teams from this division. And this is a division that, you know, up until the last year year or two 
was kind of like the laughing stock of the league where you just talked about the Colts dominating it and there was really no competition and they basically started the season with six wins a year. Uh, there's a lot of uh, respectable building going on with these rosters and some of this talent. So, so who are the three teams that make the playoffs? Colts, Texans, Jaguars. You think? Excuse that... me. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't say that. I said that wrong. Texans, Titans, Jaguars. You scared the shit out of me. Yeah, no. I, I, misspoke. <laughs> I misspoke. And I caught it right away. So I, I'm not – yeah, no. Not yet for the Colts. If luck is luck, they got a chance to win every game. I just don't think there's enough around them. I mean, it's a yeah. that's a really bad roster. Yeah. Kyle, if I had one more guy that I wanted to mention here, uh, let's keep it with the Houston Texans. Obviously, we could talk about Deshaun Watson. that He pretty much speaks for himself. Uh, you mentioned this offensive line. There's not a whole lot to get excited about, and that's just very true. But if there's one building block that they potentially have, it's probably Nick Martin. Uh, interior offensive lineman, second-round pick in 2016. He's entering year three of his career. He's really battled injuries up until this point. And so you know, this is a big year for him to really show that he can stay healthy and be one of those key building blocks moving forward because you have to think there's going to be a lot of investments made in this front five here just as soon as they can start doing that this offseason. And, uh, you know, if they can rely on him to, to lock down, one, you know, probably that starting center spot, which he certainly has all the physical tools, all the technique to get that done, uh, that would be really important. So I think it's a big year for Nick Martin. I think he has a talent to really carve, carve uh, you know, really make him make a statement as a pillar of this offensive line. Yeah, and my parting thought here is also with the Houston Texans, talking about Donta Foreman uh, coming back from an Achilles injury uh, that, that cost him the last uh, six weeks of the regular season. Uh, Donta showed some flashes as a rookie. Obviously, he was coming off a 2,000-yard season uh, in 2016 with the uh, Texas Longhorns and stayed local in the state of Texas. And uh, if he's healthy, you can't expect him to be 100%. But uh, I expect him long-term to push Lamar Miller out of that starting role in the Texas backfield. Uh, Foreman was a guy I liked a lot. Coming out of Texas, I had a day two grade on Foreman, and um, uh, I like his his futures forecast. And by all reports, he's going to avoid the PUP with an Achilles tear in week eleven. That's outrageous. That's unbelievable, uh, and it's a testament to uh, modern medicine and the ability of guys like Watson and Wentz, who who tore their ACLs more than halfway through the season, and they're on pace currently, tentatively, to start. And guys like Richard Sherman and Donta Foreman, who tear Achilles, which used to be an 18-month recovery window, and these guys are potentially going to be ready for the next season. I mean, it's outstanding. If you go back and you look at the last game Foreman played, it was a 31-21 win against the Arizona Cardinals. He had 10 carries for 65 yards and two touchdowns. It was kind of the... Breakout. Okay, you know, they, we've officially got a live one here. And then, bang, the Achilles goes. And it was just an unfortunate set of circumstances, but I cannot wait for him to get back on the field and uh, hopefully show that for his size, he's a big dude at 6'1", 233. He's still got some juice, and you can't expect some of that spring in his step to come back just yet because his long-term recovery window is still going to be 
probably an 18-month window, but if he can get through this season healthy, even if statistically it's not the best year, it bodes well for his long-term prospects with the team. Yeah, I'm excited to see him if he can, like you said, if he get back from that Achilles um, player that I like too. There's some critics for Deonta Foreman, but uh, I think he has a chance to be elite back in this league. Folks, that's two straight weeks of five episodes of the Draft Dudes podcast. We hope you guys have enjoyed what we are bringing to the table. Uh, This is bringing an end to the Up and Comers series. So we're going to have some fresh ideas baked for you, as well as some news about the Draft Dudes podcast for next week. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Put a star in your calendar for Monday's show as we make some announcements and start introducing some new segments on this podcast that we are really looking forward to bringing to you as we ramp up for football season. Tis exciting time, so hit that subscribe button on the podcast. Uh, If you have feedback for us, make sure you reach out to us. You can find us on social media. Uh, The Draft Network is on Facebook. The Draft Network at The Draft Network is on Instagram. Uh, Joe is on Twitter at the Joe Marino. I am on Twitter at GrindingTheTape. And we are grinding the tape as the Draft Network gets ready for its launch on August 6th. So follow along, take the ride with us. The college football season and NFL preseason will be here before we know it. Uh, So you have to get excited about that. Uh, Hall of Fame game is eight days away from right now. So it's all downhill from here, as we said on yesterday's show. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. Thank you so much for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.